For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Moderno. He's Jihadi White. Jihadi, how's it going? You're in Peach Jam. How are the boys doing? Matt, my man. My man. Good, good. I'm down here in uh, Augusta, Georgia, slash South Carolina. You know, Peach Jam is always a big event for Nike, for especially high school basketball. So um, I watched a lot of great players. You know, um, I watched our 17U team mostly coached by Brad Beal, mm-hmm. um, play against uh, Mocan, 17U team, which has <laughs> a two. We have the number two point guard in the country. They have the number one point guard in the country. And it was a All good right. it was a good battle. Then uh, this morning, I went to, uh, well, in that Mocan, Bradley Beal game, they beat us. Uh, they inched it out. They won. Uh, but actually, both guards could have been more impressive. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, good when everybody morning, plays well. Say what? It's good when everybody plays well. Yeah, it is. It is. And this morning, um, I watched uh, Carlos Boozer has two sons. Yep, it's very good. And then there's a kid from Maine, Cooper Flag. Cooper Flag. So yeah, how was that game? Oh, it was really good. That was a good one. That's one for the book. The, the books right there. That game was packed. It was like an NBA game. It was, the gym was no standing room. It was standing room only. So that was good. So those are probably the two top prospects, I think, in the 2026 draft class. So I oh. think uh, some Wizards fans listening to this right now are hoping that we're bad by then and can get one of those two guys at least. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully both because those, <laughs> those are some great players. And that would be cool. That's that's NBA guys right there. It's just one and done. That they're, they're yep. NBA. You'll see them in a draft in two years. I believe it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to to that. And I meant to watch that game. It was a little early for me this morning, but I'm going to go back and check it out after the fact here. Uh, Before we really get rolling here on the show, as always, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, all that delicious stuff. And also Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, tennis. You can bet on Wimbledon, all this stuff, summer league, even WNBA. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. Head to the website and use our promo code believe B L E A V for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. All right, Johnny, I think the right place to start here is just since we last talked, Kyle Kuzma is back in a wizard uniform. He signed a four year, $102 million deal. I personally am all for it. Uh, we had talked about it on the last show. We both kind of hoped he would come back. And 
uh, you know, now that you've seen the deal and the deal that other people, uh, his peers have gotten, how do you feel about the contract? Well, as, as you've seen the way the cards are playing out, the writing was pretty much on the wall mm-hmm. who they wanted to keep. You saw Brad, you know, they want to let go of Brad. Surprise! I was personally surprised that they let go of Porzingis. I thought Porzingis was the one they wanted to keep. But once mm-hmm. uh, we saw the guys coming in, the, who they were bringing in, uh, I said, okay, they sound like they really want to be faster, you know, mm-hmm. younger, faster, more, more of a slashing team. So once Porzingis would let go to the Celtics, then it really let me know that um, I see what they're building. I see what they're building. They want to be young. They want to be aggressive. They want to build more of a, instead of a, uh, such a spread in the floor team, they want to be a slasher team, a team that can really get up and down the floor, mm-hmm. right? And Pazinga just really wouldn't, it would be trailing too much to get up and down. So I really like the the move to re-sign Kuzma and fitting with, with, um, what I got from the Wizards. Been a long day, man. The whole morning. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of names. Warriors, um, Pool, Jordan Poole. Yeah. And um Bilal. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good backcourt. You've got a couple guys already that can play multiple positions. And I think that's probably the biggest thing they're seeing with, with Kuzma, too, is like he can run some offense, he can be a three, four, five, depending on the situation. I that seems to be the kind of mold a player they like. Right, yeah, you can you can switch him. He's transitional. He's transitional. You can put him. He can play three, four, or five, and he can bring the bring the ball down the court. Yep. Right. So now you can put, you can take Jordan Poole, put him at two. You know, um, Blau at one. Mm-hmm. So it's a flexible offense to where it would be those would be some tough players to guard if they if they run a good some good sets and a good motion. I think this allows them to be competitive enough this year too. kind of like what Utah did last year where they surprised some people by, Hey, we're young, we're aggressive. We got some guys that maybe have more to their game than they've been able to show thus far, but not so good that it like they play their way out of a lottery pick for next year. Right. But so I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, West is going to change his offense. We're not going to see the same offense as last year. I hope so. <laughs> because the, the 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 type of players we have mm-hmm. doesn't fit the offense of last year. Right. Right? We, I hope this we, group we, runs on everything. Like, this, when you got young dudes, you should be in a track meet every night. Group Track meet every night. The ball movement. So, a lot of moving in motion, a lot of back cuts, a lot of – a lot of – you know, screens a lot, you know, it's it's a lot of motion on each side to the point mm-hmm. to where every defender has to be so busy. He can't help. Yep. Right. This, t- this looks like a great group for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I think that's like the on court benefit of Kuzma too, is that whatever one of these new guys you try out or, or want to put him like he plugs and plays with the whole rest of this roster. So you have a competent, NBA veteran with some championship experience. He can talk about, hey, LeBron taught me this. You know, Rajon Rondo taught me this. Like, I I think, hey, in this situation, maybe you should have gone here. Like, he can help you be a coach on the floor. And I know Wizards fans, a certain percentage of them question his shot selection and things like that. But it's also in a contract year last year, and we didn't have the same complaints the year before. So um, maybe we see a more settled down 
Kuzma, you know, that plays within himself a little bit more and, and can help kind of make things easier for these other young guys too. Well, you're going to see now Kuzma has to be a leader. Yep. And that really would change the dynamic of everything. It's going to be when you, when you're a leader, can't take a lot of crazy shots, but also you get to dictate, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's a great thing. But also, Kuzma did what he did last year without not one play being ran for him. Yeah, it's true. Right? And he wasn't afraid to call that out either. <laughs> yeah. So he was effective without the, any of the offense catering to him right. at all. Mm-hmm. So which really actually speaks more vo- bigger volumes than you can really think. Because now Brad was all fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Everything was Brad fourth quarter. Yeah. Everything was Kuzma the first and the third. I mean, everything mm-hmm. was Porzingis the first and the third, right. right? So, which means that's pretty much everything is ran for you. Mm-hmm. He pretty much still averaged great, good, very good numbers without even being part of the offense. Yep. And, and people talk so about now, that. Okay. Right. And now they're going to build around him. Yep. So, I don't think you'll get as many crazy shots. Agreed. When when it's a lot of plays being ran for it specifically for you. Mm-hmm. And not to pile on Monte Morris, who also left uh, in free agency here. He or well left. He left as a part of a trade during free agency night. Uh, he'll be with Detroit for a second round pick, which I don't know. I thought we'd get two seconds at least. Seemed a little light, but uh, Kuzma. I, I think you mentioned not not only plays not run for him. They weren't getting him like easy looks either, even when he had to do like Monte wasn't creating such an advantage that he was kicking out to Kuzma with an easy, you know, wide open shot. He did a lot of I had to dribble three times and then shoot it. I think Tyus Jones is a little bit better of a creator for people and he can get into the teeth of de- uh, the defense a little bit more. Even Jordan Poole, I think, you know, like can drive and kick and things like that. So um, not only will we see plays run specifically for Kuzma, I think even when a play breaks down, he might be able to do that with like a slightly better advantage than he had previously. So that's my hope is we just get better, smarter, efficient Kuzma, and then uh, all the off-court stuff is is a huge benefit too. Right. Well, yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you. And I think if the Wizards are smart, they say, okay, we can get scoring from Jordan Poole. We know mm-hmm. he can score. We have to now expand his game and let him grow into a facilitator as well. Mm-hmm. If we can, and he can be a smart facilitator, yep. right? We can really have something. And I think to me, that's, if I was a betting guy, that would be their goal is to make Jordan Poole a, a just as much facilitator as a, just a, just a, just, you know, a, a one trick score. I think when you look at the success of like the Miami heat in this playoffs, you see that they had a bunch of guys that could all dribble pass, shoot, defend, or at least three of the four and um, do multiple things. And now you've got pool. Can he be a facilitator and score Kuzma? Can he be a facilitator and score like Koulibaly? He can do a little bit of both uh, Patrick Baldwin, Jr. He can actually facilitate more than I think we've gotten to see from him so far. Ryan Rollins, like, that's sort of the blueprint of guys is they want everybody to be a threat to create, score, pass, shoot, defend. Like um, versatility seems to be everything they're building with this roster so far. And not the knock on on Brad because I think he was a better creator than he gets credit for. But um, you know, it wasn't the strength of his game. And same for Porzingis, he was basically you know just the finisher of a play. He wasn't gonna 
create a ton of looks for people too. So going this route, it seems like, um, you know, let's, let's put all these guys together and, and see what shakes out. Yeah. To be effective in the NBA of now, you have to be a three-way guy. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to score, facilitate and defend. Right. Yep. Um, and, and you gotta be, able to, you know, shoot the three slash all those things. So, now, any player who, like, right, Porzingis used to give us a lot of points, but mm. we, we we couldn't really have him switch on anybody. He's too slow. So we have to compete with the teams of now. Every team of now is exactly that. Yep. Yeah, it's a more modern blueprint. Right, that's the modern blueprint. So now you see it, you see that it's actually effective, mm-hmm. right? And it's been a very effective for Sacramento. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I like about this, Jihadi, I saw a couple people that were kind of bummed about resigning because he would block minutes for some of these young guys. And I'm of the opinion, like, you want your young guys to get reps and stuff like that, but you also want them to have to earn it. Like, nobody wants you to say, like, here's this first-round pick. He comes in and he's gifted a starting spot right away. Like, you want him to go beat somebody in camp and take it. Like, if they're starting Koulibaly, hopefully it's because – he looked better than Kispert. He looked better than Denny or, you know, any of these other guys. And I think that's a valuable thing to have to have some vets to try to, you know, set the pace for the rest of the guys. Yeah. And that's the thing. We, that's the struggle of the NBA now is there's no vets. Mm. Right. And I like the fact that Kuzma, he's the right age for a vet, right? He's yeah. seen enough. He played with enough great players. Mm-hmm. He's, once one championships, right? Didn't win one in LA. He won one in LA. Yeah. Right. So he's earned he's saw every experience of the NBA mm-hmm. early. Right. Yep. So now he's transitioning to a super a good a really good vet. Mm-hmm. And he's not too old for the players to not be able to, you know, understand. Like he gets- he could still bust his bust their ass in practice and stuff. Well, like now that, he, right? ass, he can speak their language. Yep. Right. He's still hip, cool enough. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's not, he's, you know, he's not out of touch. Right. Mm-hmm. Game hasn't passed him by type of vet. Yep. Right. Where where I'm teaching you, I'm talking a different game. You're like, man, you're talking about, you know. So that's good. And he and he's effective in their eyes. They literally see it. Mm-hmm. So he's to me the perfect vet to that a player walk in and say, okay, he has a lot of experience and and he's kind of earned his right to say what he wants to say and and, and for me to automatically respect it. Mm-hmm. So I and it's especially a person like Jordan Poole, he's gonna need somebody in his ear. Yeah. He's gonna I, need somebody here. So constructively in his ear too. Like someone that's right. gonna talk to him the right way. It's not gonna I'm gonna slug you in the face, you know. Right, exactly. So now you say, okay, who, wh- if, when it came probably down to the decision of who do I, who do we go, Porzingis or Kuzma, yep. right? Well, who's going to be the better vet? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And so, that makes sense. Right. Uh, we talked about this, you know, Kuzma was the one pulling Denny aside to do one on ones after practice and stuff like that. And, those he was always the first person that other young guys mentioned helping him. And and I think when you're at this stage in a rebuild, that's not like an inconsequential thing. You can't blow that off. It's just like, well, okay. Like you need the guy who wants to do that. And I think 
not every established player wants to take that on. So the fact that Kuzma did that willingly um, it just he makes him seem like the good fit, I think. Right. Long as long as it was uh, it was organic, right? Yep. And most likely it is. I think so. Mm. And if it's organic, I think that he would – this would be the perfect situation where you would love to pass on as much knowledge and spend. Because what happens is when you're playing against those young guys, mm-hmm. you're absorbing a lot too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're absorbing a lot too, which means it expands your game, you know, and that sometimes just as much it helps the young guys, it actually twice as much helps the vet. Yeah. Right. Because I'm now, if, because their process, a veteran is processing things different. Mm-hmm. Right. He's knowing I, I have to have information. I have to have, the more information I have, the be- more effective I am. He's already understand the NBA is a job, yeah. right? I've been to three, four teams already. I, right? He's knowing I've been here, I've been there. I know how this goes, right? So let me process information. If I can read, understand your game, I can also build it. But if I can understand your game, there's a lot of factors I can take for mine. Yeah, makes sense. I think the type of player Kuzma is is important here. From the, this is a guy that wasn't like a five-star recruit, you know, immediate one and done. Like he's gotten himself to this point by all counts through like really hard work. Like he came into the league as just sort of like basically a spot-up shooter essentially and had a really good rookie year uh, for an LA team, but he's added something every offseason. And I, I think at times last year, it looked a little bit like he'd maybe added some things in the offseason, but didn't exactly know when to break certain things out. Like, like this is on a much lower level, obviously, but, but for me growing up playing like, okay, I would add a new skill. And then it took me a while to figure out when were the right times to pick the spots to try to use that new skill. I felt like, like Kuzma got out a little in front of his skis sometimes last year, and maybe just with like another year of refinement, you know, he'll better utilize that added skill set. If, if that makes any sense. It makes a hundred percent sense because I, I, I saw the same thing. Mm-hmm. It looks like this is what I say. And this is funny, but this is what I say. Kuzma added a lot of Jason Tatum to his game. Right. Right. Believe it. Exactly a lot of Jason Tatum to his game. Mm -hmm. Which made him effective as far as like confidently I can get where I need to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't need a screen. I I can get downhill. I can. I got a go-to. I got a counter to get anything I want. Mm -hmm. Right. Which. But. You're right. It looked like at sometimes his second option of what his second read was the wrong read. Yeah. Then he looked like he was just a little bit out of control, you know, mm-hmm. fumbled the ball. But that's my going right back to what I said before. He knew he had to add that. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only way you can figure it out, you got to use it. Use yeah. it. You know, it's a lot of guys who train a lot of stuff in summers, man. And all throughout the summer come back. And literally afraid to try to work the kinks and work the problems out and get the solutions mm-hmm. during the game on the court. Yeah. At least he's trying to figure figure the next phase of his game out. And just as much as sometimes he seemed out, you know, over his skis a little bit, a lot of times you were like, wow, that's a nice move. Yep. That's something new. Mm-hmm. That was very effective. Yep. So, you know, 
and and if I'm a guy watching him, I'm like, okay, he's doing what the young guy, he's doing what the younger guys are doing now. Yep. He's not just just like stop with his game and now training the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, he's still practice. adding stuff even at 27. Yeah, he's, he's still building his bag. He's still throwing stuff in his bag. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what he said too in, in an interview is that like, or I guess David Aldridge reported that Kuzma said like, I've got more in my bag. I've continued building it out. Like I want to show some of this stuff. And I think people took that. Some people took that as a negative of like, Oh God, he's going to come out here and like, you know, dribble around real crazy. But I, I think really what he meant by that was, you know, like, I think I can show, I can do even more. Um, and, and that's a good thing, presumably. And honestly, even if he's not in your long-term plans, if he shows off more here, it makes him an even more valuable trade ship down the road. If you decide to, to move on from him later. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, well, that's, and I've, so Chad, I want you to give your take on this for this one. I, I think I've said this on the show before, but, I think sometimes shooting percentages are like a little overrated. Like whether a guy shoots 40% or 37%, it's kind of about how the defense guards you. And if they treat you like a high end shooter and a real threat to score, sometimes that's almost as important as what your actual percentage is at the end of the day. Like if, if Kuzma has so much gravity because teams have seen him get hot and be streaky and go on these runs and hit game winners and things like that, they, they, they guard him like a 40 plus percent shooter, as opposed to a guy that's only hitting in the mid thirties. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You as a person who can shoot effective shooting a three pointer, mm-hmm. you have to put it up. The reason you have to put it up is because it opens up so much more, mm-hmm. right? Make a miss. You have to put it up. And as a defender, okay, he's 37%. I'm going to go. I may not play him. This time, that'll be the time that he gets right. high, right? right? And you have the game. Yep. So you have to play a 37% free throw, I mean, a three-point shooter, mm-hmm. just like you got to play uh, 55, yeah. right? That's the, as a defender, that's the exact same, right? And then as a shooter, I have to put the ball up because if you're respecting my jumper, I can use that jumper to, access the rest of my bag because mm-hmm. now you have to respect it so now i have to, i can lift you up easy yep right so just because i'm shooting 33 percent, i gotta keep firing because i mm-hmm. gotta get downhill when i'm when it's not when it's not effective exactly yeah and it, it's it's he's a multi threat to score right like he can he can put the ball on the deck he can shoot from mid-range he can go to the basket he can slash a little bit more it's not just like he's the 37% catch and shoot guy who can only do that. Like when you've got multiple ways to attack a defense, you know, that, and and you've got that, like, like the hot streak factor, you know, like that, that, that plays into it, I think. And and that's on scouting reports of like, Hey, this guy might make seven in a row at some point. He might miss 10 in a row, but you know, like you still have to guard him for, for the guy that can um, hit the seven in a row. And he was also a high thirties, um, catch and shoot guy last year on, on open look. So I think if someone can create a few more looks for him, we'll see that percentage go up kind of. Yeah, you, will. Anyway. you definitely will. Uh, and, and, and now like you said, they can create more looks for him. Mm-hmm. He'd be open more. Yeah. Not exactly. only he can, you can shoot on a move. He can, he have more options when he catches the ball. Mm-hmm. It's also just, he's kind of a shield for the young guys too. Like I think, 
Kuzma is built to take the criticism and stuff like this. Like he gets it at this point in his career. Like it's not just like, okay, let's throw Koulibaly out there to the wolves from day one. And if he sucks, like as a fan base, we're not the most patient group. So you saw what happened with Johnny Davis last year when he struggled, it was immediately, is he the biggest bust of all time? Like Koulibaly make, might take some time. So just letting him come in, ease his way in as like a defender, you know, a slasher, an athletic body and guy who can run in transition. Like it's, it's not as much responsibility on him from day one. And and Kuzma can take some of that heat for him. I think. I think he can. And, you know, Dylan playing on the Lakers, like you take in yeah. the maximum amount of pressure, exactly. you know, in, in a lot of situations, but you also had LeBron to absorb the most of it. Sure. Now, I think this is the first time Kuzma is going to be in a situation to where no one gets to absorb the pressure. Mm-hmm. It's different when you're you're now the Brad Beal. Right, exactly. Your Brad right. took all of the heat last year for the most part. Right, so now everything wrong yep. is going to be your fault first. Mm-hmm. Right? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It, I'm, I think he's built for it, but it's a complete different. It's a completely different space, right? Heavy as a head to wear the crown. Yep. And now you got to understand what you're now getting into, what the team now made you. Once they got rid of the other two guys, right? You, you're the you're the main guy, mm-hmm. right? So, and you're in a, in a, playing in a city where the fans are really looking for, uh, need something to happen. It's been a long time, yeah. right? So, you know, one, one, two wrong moves, be prepared for it. Yeah. You yeah. just got to handle it. Yeah. And, and same thing with Jordan Poole too. Like those will be the two guys that get the most criticism throughout the year and they'll have the highest usage and the highest contract. So I, you know, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else on the Kuzma trade before we pivot here to summer league? No, other than this, I think it's a, think that was the right pick and i think uh i'm looking very forward to it yeah same uh it should be fun at the very least they'll they'll keep it entertaining and you know be need, need to see if he and pool can can do more next year uh all right for everybody not super familiar with the schedule yet uh wizards kick off their summer league on saturday at 8 p.m eastern time the summer league vegas portion of summer league starts on friday but the wizards don't play the first day they'll play against indiana uh, their second game is on July 9th, which is Saturday, or sorry, which is Sunday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time against Boston. They play again on the 11th at 10:30 p.m. Eastern Time against San Antonio. That'll be San Antonio's fourth game, maybe third game at that point. So it'll be curious to see if Victor Wembanyama is still playing summer league games. Uh, you know, that far into the summer league stretch, sometimes right. those big time guys get shut down by then. Uh, and then they'll be playing on July 14th at 5 p.m. against Oklahoma City. The 14th is my birthday, so I'm excited to see the Wizards uh, put on a, a good performance against the Thunder for me. That'll be cool. And I think that should be a good game, too, because that Thunder team will be exciting, and it'll be nice to see how our young guys match up with theirs. So right. uh, 
I don't know, Jihadi, you played a summer league, right? Like, what's this experience like for, for a young guy? It's tough. Summer league is tough, especially that first game. And mm. no one's trying to really run the offense. Everybody's yeah. the super desperate mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as trying to make the team or just trying to make, you know, training camp. Sure. To be able to get on the training camp roster, right? So it's it's a it's tough, right? Just because you it's it's almost more tough for the guy who has a a, a contract. Okay. Right? Not not the lead even even if you first round, right? Because the pressure is on you, you're not playing against guys that are trying to cater to you to help you score. Like mm-hmm. everything is for self. So Actually, the summer league was very tough for me. Okay. In that regard, I had to really learn how to play in the summer league because it's a, it's a wild pickup game. Guards are dominating the ball. Everybody's dominating. The rim. Yeah. The guards were very, if you watch summer league, the guards very seldomly get to bring the ball up. It's whoever it's, grabs it and goes. It's whoever grabs it, they go. Yeah. Right? It's every man for himself. So. Mm-hmm. And when I first got there, I didn't understand that. And you know, I was just kind of like, whoa. So I'm <laughs> nothing, I'm getting I'm getting nothing. I'm fighting for everything, which is fine, you know. But it's completely different than regular season. It's completely different than training camp. Yeah. So I mean, if you saw Brandon Miller the other day, was that yesterday? Yeah, it was a slow start two days ago. Yeah. It was slow tough, yeah, yeah. That was a tough start, right? For even a player like that, seven fouls, seven turnovers, but seven, like 16 points, something like that. I think he finished with 18 or 19, yeah, but it took took him a while to get going. Right, because he had to get used to it. It's not, it's not where all your, you're not the go to guy. I don't Mm -hmm. care, right, if you were the number one, number two pick. I got to get mine. I'm trying to get to, on the training on the training camp schedule. Yeah. So summer league is uh it's not as easy as guys expect it to be. And you really have to make a quick impact. Right. And it's and yeah. so and sometimes you gotta make an impact to where even other teams don't. So say for instance, I'm a guy that's a high assist. Like I'm so I want to show everybody I can get I can get a certain amount of assists. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're on the summer league roster, it's more teams looking at you than just that team. Yeah, you're auditioning for everybody, right? You're auditioning for every team. So if they don't know that you're a high assist guy, Got why didn't he put the ball in the basket? Yeah, exactly. Why didn't he take any shots? This guy can't right. score. Yeah. Right, you got you have to show every single thing. So summer league is 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 good for players to really have to figure how to get into NBA. What it's gonna be? What it's gonna be like? Mm-hmm. Right, it can be it can be a little bit. You can get taken back by it as a, a confident player. Sure, that's you can. Until you really get used to it, you can get taken back by it. You're like, oh, I don't know. It, it, it will literally make you question yourself. I think that's what happened with Johnny Davis last year. You know, it was like him 
like not really having a a fit or a role and not being aggressive or assertive. So he just looked sort of shell-shocked the whole time. And uh, it seemed like that helped, you know, that stuck with him for a lot of the year. Yeah. Which which it does a lot of players. Hmm. It does that to a lot of players because most summer league players are good players. Or they wouldn't be, right? It's hmm. a, and they prime example, this is what summer league is like. <laughs> when I was at Georgetown and I was I think it was my junior year and the scouts starting to kind of hear about me, the NBA scouts, so they started coming to practice. Mm-hmm. So the first NBA scout came to practice for me. Yeah. Not, not for Allen, not for any of these other guys, for you. you know? Not for everybody else. Yeah. You would think I had no teammates. <laughs> you, you were going prime MJ on them, taking the ball down the court, pulling up. Everybody was. Yeah. Everybody said, oh, a scout here? Right. Yeah. It totally it's totally my time. It's my time. Even the even the second team that we were playing against, hacking me up, I couldn't get anything off. I'm like, I never, I, I kill you all every day. Who is this guy that's elbowing me in my face to make sure I don't get a, a basket off? Right, like, to the point that's I broke my ankle while the scout was there. I mean, it was that's the summer league. Yeah, that's that is exactly what the summer league is. Is there a way for like coaching staffs to mitigate that a little bit? Like I heard last year that the Pacers like ran plays that Arizona ran for Benedict Matherin to like specifically get him in spots that he was comfortable and familiar. And they wanted to make sure that he looked good and and was comfortable and confident. Is there a way we can do something like that and like insert some structure that these guys have to follow to kind of make Sure, the Koulibaly or Johnny Davis or whoever else we want to feature actually gets into a rhythm and stuff like that. True. Yes, it is. But you want to see what you – so I think you do both. Okay. You want to see what your players are made of. Hmm. They Can they handle the rigors of summer league, the unexpected, the how wild it is? Mm-hmm. So I need to I need to know that as an organization, but also if I know uh, these other guys, it's I would rather make make my main guys feel comfortable, and everybody else had to figure out how to work within that system. Exactly, to just throw them into a wild system. I, I wondered about that, and that was kind of everybody's first takeaway is that there's a lack of like a, you know an air quotes, pure point guard on the roster. I wondered if that was going to hurt them, but to your point, like you're not really running set plays and everybody's just kind of bringing the ball up haphazardly anyway. So it, it may not matter. And that's an opportunity for them to see if Koulibaly can do that kind of stuff. If Johnny Davis is ready to do that kind of stuff, uh, Ryan Rollins and Patrick Baldwin, when the golden state trade goes through a joint can, can Patrick Baldwin bring the ball up court and create something like those are all things I think, you know, this is an opportunity to find out the answer to and, and make, you know, it's not definitive. If he can't do it in summer league, it doesn't mean he can't do it ever, but at least it gives you like an early data point. Maybe it does. And if, if I'm, if I'm the wizard, I'm looking for, I'm really looking for who can be effective for us as a guard. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I'm creating. Like, no, Give the ball to guard. I want them to bring it up. I want them to run, which means now I have to implement some offers. Sure. Because couple, I want to see if they can run plays or whatever. 
Right. So I would be searching. So that would be my main thing. Everybody else had to fall in the fray. If you if you shine, if you look good, great. Mm-hmm. But then it, all this. But right now I'm searching for my most effective guards, my most yeah. effective guys who can facilitate, uh, my guys who can make reads, my guys who who's turned the ball over the least, mm-hmm. who's more of a being a floor general. Right. So that would be my main concern with this summer league this summer. Mm-hmm. Is is that if I'm the Wizards? Yeah. Is that going to happen? And there's there's well, a lot of would, a lot of mouths to feed here, too. Yeah, we'll push for it. Yeah. 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 Um, that'll be definitely very interesting. It's for anybody who hasn't seen the overall roster so far. Uh, we've got. Well, obviously the two draft picks, you've got Bilal Kulabali and Tristan Buksevich, kind of a seven foot stretch big. So not a ton of like big bigs on this team. So I, I think you see some minutes of Vuksevich at the five, I would think. Uh, the other two, Kyle Alexander, who's played summer league the last couple of years. I've seen him in person. He's long, athletic. He runs the floor really hard. He'll block some shots. Good rebounder. And then Asuna Asuna-E, um out of Ohio, uh, Iowa State. Also started at St. Bonaventure, played five years in college basketball. Another rim-running, shot-blocking big. Not really going to stretch the floor much. So that seems to be something they're emphasizing as someone to clean up the glass and run and transition with them. A uh, couple swingmen, which is interesting. Um, you got Jules Bernard that went to UCLA. Played for the Go-Go last year. Was one of their better players. Uh, you've got DJ Stewart, who played for the Sioux Falls Skyforce last year. Real, real big time scorer, 20 point, you know, 22 point per game kind of guy. Uh, Donovan Williams, another wing that played in the G League last year for the College Park Skyhawks. And, you know, another 15, 16 point per game score. All, all three like switchable wings. And um, Stewart and Williams are, are better athletes than Bernard is, but that'll be interesting. And that's really kind of the three position next to Koulibaly. You've got Xavier Cooks, who they added from the. Uh, Sydney Kings last season, he'll get some run here. I wouldn't be surprised if Cooks maybe even play some small ball five with this team and and they let him run a little bit. Uh, you've got his teammate, uh, Dejan Vasiljevic, uh, another guy that played four years at Miami, has been with the Sydney Kings. Pretty much every time he takes it, he's shooting a three. I think you can kind of say that going in, like he's going right. to boost him up. Uh, and then obviously Johnny Davis will be really interesting to see what he does. And Quinton Jackson, kind of everybody's favorite player from the capital city go-go last year, insanely athletic, little skinny, not like a great shooter so far, but maybe the best athlete on either, you know, the wizards or the go-go roster. So he should be fun in a summer league environment. And then, as I mentioned, um, you might get Ryan Rollins and Patrick Baldwin Jr. as late additions to the team here once that trade goes through tomorrow or the day after. So any names there, Jahadi, that you're like really specifically interested in or, or want to see more from? Well, I, I think like Quentin Jackson and DJ Stewart, I think they'd be some exciting, exciting players. Yeah. You know, because they're they're looking to score every time, looking to score first. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and they're this active player. So that, that would be the excitement of mm-hmm. Washington. But as far as what I'm looking for as a from a, as an organization, mm-hmm. it would be though, you know, those two bigs, uh Osuni and Alexander, because we're gonna need some shot blockers and some rim runners. Yep. I mean, with with the way things are setting up, 
of how you know our back our backcourt is, we're not going to need a lot of very effective sc- scores in the center position. Mm-hmm. We're going to need some protectors, some you know guys who can protect the paint, some guys who can rebound, yep. and some guys who can rim run. Right. So I, I'm really and I and it seemed like that's the type of big they're going for. Because that's the type of bigs they're bringing in, right? Uh, yeah, got, that, that's that's their that's their type. You know, it, it seems like obvious they have a type. Yeah, just we let's do those specific things, and you got got to be able to guard one through five. Right? Yeah. So, so um, that that that'll look good. Um, and then with um, with Tristan, mm-hmm. sh- him to stretch the floor. You know, if he can like, like you said, like you said, he's a poor man's Porzingis, pretty much. Yeah. To where, if he can stretch the floor, you know, if we can get up a lot of shots, now you can throw, you can throw a, a traditional a team with a traditional big, which that's not really the case anymore. But you know, the tall guy, bring him out, you spread the floor. Now you can open up a lot of things for Jordan Poole mm-hmm. and a lot of things for Kuzma. And then in the end of the day, I think most everybody's really, really, really wants to check out Bilal. Yeah. Right. And in the end of the day, you really want to see what he's made of. I think he can be a very effective point guard for us and a very effective player for us. And it's really his show right now. It's it's his summer league. That's what it looks like with this roster is like they they very much plan to give him the keys. Right. And which is good because yeah. it's going to either expose them or show, show you, show them more than they actually thought. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look at film all day. You can look at video all day, but when you put somebody in the, in the starting line, I mean, and would give them the keys to the, you know, the car and they get, get to drive the bus. They can really show you a lot or it can be too much for them. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I go back and forth with this. Like every year there's somebody that blows up in summer league and then never does anything in the league. Like it's not the most meaningful takeaway, but I do think teams learn a lot about what to, you know, like you, you can see what cool Bali needs to work on or where your player development guys like really need to specialize. Like maybe he needs a counter for the way this kind of guy defends him. That sort of thing. Right. You can really throw him in a fight. Like you want to get, you really want to get Koulibaly all the fire you can give, <laughs> just to see what he right. can take. But don't forget, he's already a professional player. That's true too. Yeah. Right. So, isn't he's seen it? He's seen a lot. He's seen most of what. So a lot of overseas guys that that become very good in the NBA, mm-hmm. they stay overseas. What was much tougher. Much faster. They say the NBA was easier to read, easier to make read, easier, easier to score to, too. Yeah. easier to be a scorer. Yeah. So I'm expecting the same thing for Bilal, mm-hmm. Koulibaly, right? I'm expecting. And now, summer league is not the NBA at all. Sure, don't get me wrong. Summer yeah. league special is pickup, uncontrolled college, you know, <laughs> college ball. It's like it's right. It's not the NBA. It's it's the it's it's a league that's played with a lot of guys are playing with a lot of desperation. Mm-hmm. 
and you know how that goes. It's like less structured G League almost, you know. Like it's it's worse because because you gotta understand these a lot of these guys it's like the only chance. Mm-hmm. G League, okay, no guys sometimes know I may not make it up. So so like and it's a lot of games. Summer league is not a lot of games, sure. and everybody is trying to just kill everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's and it's tough to really coach it. Yeah. Um, and it's exciting to watch. Some league is exciting to watch, but you can watch it like, wow, this is it's chaos. Very unorganized. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other thing I would just caution Wizards fans is. If we only see like two or three games from Koulibaly, don't be surprised. Like it's not uncommon for those kinds of players to not play the entire slate of games. So yeah. they'll use the last game, uh, the fourth game maybe, to to be the one to see some of these fringe guys who are the ones that they want to add to the go-go, who are the guys who get exhibit tens to get to go to Wizards training camp. Like that that's when you'll see like the Donovan Williams or the DJ Stewarts, I think, really get like much higher volume or higher usage. Right. I, I think they just tested Koulibaly out, figure out what, figure out that what I think with Koulibaly, they just try to say, hey, we need to create a list for the player development guys. Yep. Right. Yeah, right we've seen our, enough. Here's our action items. Player development. Let's get them going now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I like, too, is they've announced the Wizards Summer League coach is Landon Tatum. Uh, Landon was a go-go uh, associate head coach under Mike Williams last year. So he's familiar with guys in this kind of setting too, I think. And, and some of these guys that, you know, how to, how to get guys to mesh together when they are, you know, competing with different priorities and things like that. So he'll have that experience. He's also been a player development guy for the wizards, you know, big squad before. So I think he'll also kind of get that and maybe be able to help translate. All right. This is what I saw from Koulibaly that we need to work on. And and he'll be maybe one of those guys helping them do that. Um, And, you know, we'll see what the new coaching staff duties look like. There's also a world where he's the, the go-go coach this year. That hasn't been named yet. So it might be a first look for him at some of these guys that will get G League minutes as we go. Yeah. Well, if you notice, a lot of G League coaches, I mean, a lot of the uh, summer league coaches mm-hmm. end up moving. They they really take those positions. They really want those coaching those summer league positions because yep. the next move, they really, they're ready to make a next move. Agreed. Right. Most of the summer league coaches that I saw end up in the next two to three years making a big move either college or to the NBA or, mm. you know, to head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was asking um, on one of the bolts forever um, chats about like, is Wes Unsell jr. Going to coach this team? And it's like, no, the NBA head coach, like I won't say never, maybe it's happened, but almost never um, coaches the summer league team. Maybe Taylor Jenkins did it his first year in Memphis, I think, but, uh, you know, for the most part, like Wes will be in the stands sitting next to the front office guys and oh, yeah. they'll be taking notes and, and shaking hands. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm bummed. I cannot go to summer league this year, but for anybody that hasn't um, decided what they're doing yet, I would highly recommend it. It's awesome. You see everybody. It's the who's who. Uh, and, and you can be really close to these wizards guys. I mean, you can be three rows behind their bench while it's going on, especially if they're in the smaller gym and uh, it's really easy. I think a a couple other people were asking how tickets and things like that work. You buy one ticket and it gets you in all the games for that slated day, you know, for that day in both arenas, it's your choice, which one you want to sit through and go back and forth. And it's never, it's never sold out or packed out. 
Okay. So, you know, it, everybody, you know, people can go. It's not expensive. Yep. And it's, 50, a, and it's, it's enjoyable to watch. for the whole day. Yeah, it's great. And the games aren't long. Yep. Right. And, and the games aren't long. So, or that like 10-minute quarters. Yeah, you you can move pretty quickly. And, and they yeah. don't do a lot of TV timeouts and stuff. So, like, you're, you're in and out of there in less than two hours, I think. Yeah. Uh, the you other... see everybody, like you said, it's a, it's a handshaking festival. Exactly. Uh, the only time I would say I did see a sellout was the one year I went while Zion was there, oh, that yeah. first set of games. So, so maybe if you're going the first day that Wembenyama plays, oh, maybe maybe get your ticket early. But uh, that's the other veteran move too. Is if you really want to see a player, go set up in whatever gym they're going to be in a game early, and that way you've got you know seats for you and whoever you're there with. And especially like if Wembenyama's still playing. Was it especially in that small gym? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you want to get in there first, and if the Wizards are playing against the Spurs and Wembenyama is still playing, you might want to get there two games early. Um, you better catch him while you can because he's you already skipped the first game, right? So it's and uh, he's not going to play a lot. He's not going to play the entire summer league. Yeah, for sure. If he gets two games, I think that's probably um, best case scenario. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you. Uh, Jihadi, the last guy I want to talk about here just a little bit in more depth, and then we'll get out of here, is Patrick Baldwin Jr. You and I talked about him a little bit before we recorded. Uh, he went to um, University of Milwaukee, played for his dad, was a five-star recruit, could have gone to Duke or Kentucky or any of these other schools he wanted to, um, opted to play for Pops, didn't really work out particularly well for either of them, and his dad eventually got let go uh, as well, kind of hurt his draft stock. He fell to twenty-seven. The Warriors just flipped them to us for the 57th pick, which is wild that they would give up on a guy they took in the first round that quickly. But, you know, you got to see him on the grassroots scene and saw what made him, you know, this kind of special, um, you know, elite recruit. I, I guess, can you talk about his game and what you saw from him a little bit for people that haven't, you know, seen like unleashed Patrick Baldwin Jr. yet? Well, when I watched Patrick Baldwin Jr., he was a pretty much a boy, boy amongst, I mean, a man amongst boys, right? Mm-hmm. Just his skill level, everything you do, his confidence level, his size. He had a he has an NBA body. Yep. Um I watched him in the Highland shootout, Illinois, and he he played against Tristan uh Terrace Reed at at Michigan. Okay. The, the center. Mm-hmm. And they played against each other and he kind of had his way with him, you know, mm-hmm. and you just saw you knew you were looking at an NBA player right then and there. I think sometimes with those type of guys, when they follow their father. So in any situation, especially when it's your parent, your parent can teach you a lot. It's most coaches who have sons like that coach on a high level, like college or Mm -hmm. with a lot of experience. They know all the little idiosyncrasies and all the little ins and outs of basketball to get their their kid an advantage and really put that work sure. in. And they have all the resources, yep. right? But at the same time, you don't know what everybody else could give him. Yeah, it add more to his game. That yeah. that hurts sometimes more than that hurts sometimes more than than just having them follow you the entire time. I personally think if Patrick Baldwin didn't follow his coach to college and went to a program to where he had to figure it out on his own, Mm 
and had to be put under pressure and a coach saying, look, I don't care who you are, right? Everybody's a new player. I don't care what happened in high school. When you come through these doors, you got to earn it all over again. Mm-hmm. And then somebody say, okay, well, why haven't you been working? Why didn't, you know, now? Because different eyes, it's just like with the Wizards, hiring three GMs, right? Yeah, they all see something they, different. Because yeah. if one GM knew everything, they wouldn't need all of them, right? So it's what it's what the other one may have missed or what he didn't see. Mm-hmm. And with your parents, just as much they can really analyze your game, a lot of what what you know you need to work on, but somebody else may see something totally different, right? right? And you don't get the opportunity. You don't get the opportunity to say, okay, well, this guy can build another part of me, right? It's almost, I consider it like dating. People say, people have a list of what they want. (laughs) And to me, the worst thing is a list of what you want. Sure. Right? Because. Yeah, you don't really know. Well, yeah, you no one really knows what they want because now what you're doing is keeping yourself away from things you've never seen or never experienced before. Right? Because of what you want. Mm-hmm. It's better to know what you don't want. I got to listen to what I don't want. Yeah, what to stay away from for sure. Yeah, what to stay away from. So, if to me, I felt like that's the situation of what I want, mm-hmm. and what he didn't do is be able to get new experiences, a new anybody else critiquing his game and being able to say, well, what about this avenue? You know, sure. let's start building here. Let's start building there, and. And the, from the player that I saw in college, in high school to the player that we're getting now, it's not because he's not capable. He's capable of being one of the top players in the NBA from, from skill set perspective and stuff. Skill set perspective, body perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's just making the wrong moves. I felt like he followed his parents too long. Yeah, I think Coach K or somebody could have could have given him a few more things to you know oh, to work yeah. through than um than maybe put just in a situation put him in a good situation, right? And also, some guys just aren't built to be around a team of guys that are low major players and carry them. Like the expectation that he would be, you know, making them a tournament team when when they were kind of like a lower tier team in their league is it's just it's a lot of responsibility for one. Well, if you do freshman. go low major, you don't go with your parents. <laughs> yeah, I come the reason, with reason being is. Your parent is going to always. It's hard to be a coach when you think of you when you always your kid first. Sure, it's just it's hard natural. for those other players yeah. too. Yeah, right. And natural as a parent, so I'm going to coach my kid first and coach my team. You know, right. along with that, but maybe that's going to be that's not that's going to be the second priority mm-hmm. in considering. So, I think. It's a time you got to separate that. Yeah. You know, now we've seen it work for, you know, Jawan and his son. Mm-hmm. But then a Jawan, his, if you notice that dynamic is he kind of, he let him grow. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, probably maybe behind the scenes, he probably talked to him, but sure. it seemed like it seemed like Jawan was making sure he was a coach first. I think this Baldwin situation was tough too, because the dad was kind of on the hot seat and, I think the expectation was that, you know, a good year with his son was the best recruit he's ever going to get. Maybe that saves his job. Like now as a freshman in college, you have to make your team a winning team. All of a sudden you've got to save your dad's job and you've got to make yourself be a one and done prospect. Like 
that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. So, right. And then like, what do you do as a parent after, after now you're in this situation? Exactly. Do you feel like you ruin your son's chances? Yeah. Because to me, that sounds like you being selfish. Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you had your turn. Yep. It's his turn now. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I hope he can turn it around. I hope we get to see more of the guy that, you know, you got to see out on the AAU scene a little bit. So um, fingers crossed for that. And then we've got another young player from Toledo in Ryan Rollins. Again, was really good for the uh, the Santa Cruz Warriors last year. So I'm excited to see him play. He was a guy I was high on pre-draft too. So there's some dudes. I think this is the most exciting Wizards Summer League team, you know, in a decade probably. So this uh, this will be cool. Yeah, it seems like a very exciting team. A lot of you got a lot of guys who don't care about putting the putting that ball up and don't care about going in and active, really exciting type of players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year's group was a lot of like 27, 28-year-old guys that played overseas, never sniffed the NBA. And uh that was kind of just like a weird setup, I think. Like mm-hmm. we've got dudes, <laughs> you know, like this is um this is cool. So I'm I'm excited to watch these games. Bummed I can't be there, but uh, it, it should be pretty awesome. Uh, Jody, any elf, you know, anything else we haven't hit on that you want to touch on before we uh, call it a day here? No, we pretty much covered it. I'm definitely covered it. Cool. All right, everybody. Uh, you know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, leaving us those those reviews on iTunes and things like that are super helpful for us. It helps um, get the show moved to the top of these lists when people search for them. So that's important. If you're liking these YouTube live streams, uh, one, subscribe to the YouTube channel here. And then hit the like button a bunch of times when you're listening to these. That also helps us kind of promote the show a little bit too. So we appreciate that. As always, we're brought to you by betonline.ag and we will catch y'all next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.